You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Biggest for doing. We're here doing the season finale of episode six. For Californication, of course. Season I'll... six, Phil. Season six, what did I say? Episode six, but we're good. Keep going. Ah. Power through. I'm having fun. I'll lay my monsters down as the title of the episode. I am your host, Phil Svitek. We have Stephen Lemieux in the booth, who you just heard. And, of course, we have Chrisley Kennedy. You're supposed to say something. Hello. There you go. <laughs> and Roxy Stryer. Hello, hello. And this week, joining us for the finale, we have a special guest, Hello, Craig Wayans. What up? Hello. You guys know him as, I mean, he's an actor, he's a producer, he's a writer. What don't yes, you do? I do everything. That's what I'm, craft service, dance instructor, <laughs> I get it in. There you go. They recently just uh, wrapped uh, Second Generation's Wayans on BET. Yes, that was sir. a fun show. Jesse, who is one of Roxy's very close friends, she does the real world with him uh, here at After Buzz TV. He's a huge fan of the show. What's up? So he'd be mad if I didn't say that. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. What up, man? Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk with Craig. We'll interview him um, at a later time, uh, later later part of the episode. But for right now, let's get into the kind of things. And this is a little bit of a tough episode. A lot of people, as as Chrisley's telling me on Twitter, mixed reactions on this episode. Yeah, I feel you guys are getting the same vibe. I thought the Rizzo was coming back. What happened? For, yeah, I know. <laughs> that would have been fun. You know, you, you needed some uh, second opinion. Hank did. <laughs> Okay, I felt very underwhelmed by this. I kept thinking something huge was going to happen, and if, if they built all of this up to the knock, it wasn't enough for me. I feel like they needed another episode. Yeah. I mean, they didn't they didn't close off anything with Stu. We didn't even hear about Stu. I mean, except for seeing, like, Stu Jr., but honestly, that's it. Chrisley, what about for you? Um, I actually feel like they closed up everything that they needed to. Um, they... The knock at the door without the door opening for me was was like, really? It was a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. I definitely cried um, at a point in the episode, but I, I thought they closed up everything well, and I thought that Tom Capinos did exactly what he does every season. I, I enjoyed the knock at the door. It made me want to watch next season to see, is there mm-hmm. somebody there? What, why didn't they open the door? He, here's for me. I mean, you know, it would have been great had, because um, typically, right, if, if you say, like, um, I'm trying to think of an actual example that, that has happened on the show but let's say had Karen said like you know what if you knock on this door I'll be here something like that if there was a higher weight to it rather right. than j- just him going and, and blindly doing it 
then then I think people would be a little bit more satisfied. I honestly think they don't know what's going to happen next, so they left it at that so that they could give themselves room. You know, they didn't want to have her open the door even to see her face because they don't know if next season maybe they have her gone. Maybe she's not there. I don't think they know yet. So they were leaving themselves open for possibilities. It's just like you're saying wasn't enough for me. All right. Well, let's... I, I would have rather the cliffhanger had been on stage if he would have really asked her to see what her answer would right. have been. That would have been a better ending for me. Hmm. I would agree. Um, you know, in typical Californication fashion, we start off with kind of a dream. Yeah. And uh, as Hank says, I had a wet dream. It's, it's somewhat of a wet dream. What did you guys think of uh, the, tonight's use of those kind of flashbacks? As, you know, and as they say later on, it's hell or whatever. Uh, I never liked flashbacks. It's just a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, personal like. For me, I, I would agree with you only because uh, you know I don't I don't need it stated. I don't need it overtly to be there. I think you know I, I get it from Hank's actions and things like that. So right. I, I don't like it as a as a device. A lot of times they're used as a tool because they don't think the audience is smart enough to catch on, and we are. So I, I didn't need to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline hit over the head with it, but actually these ones didn't bother me that much. I, I do like getting into the psyche of what's going on with him and, and how he's actually feeling about... We never really hear him express how he's feeling about Faith. I mean, we see it, but we don't hear it, so I, I thought they were okay. They worked relatively well. When you say flashbacks, do you mean that when he's at the bar, like the, when the he's bar in his dream? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if flashbacks are the right term, but you know, you, you get what I'm saying, the dream and all that. I actually appreciate those because they show his inner struggle, which we don't always see. Right. Like, we see the conversations, we see the tough guy, we know and we see what he does, but we don't always hear that inner monologue. And it's it's just strange to me that he always goes back to this hell bar that his friend almost did the thing that Hank really wants to do, but then died. I mean, he keeps going back to him, so I, I like that kind of inner struggle with him. Well, for me, you know, uh, I liked it, uh, whatever the episode was when they had the party, right, the big thing, and, and, you know, Roxy, you made the point of, you know, Faith and Karen look identical, right? They did that one kind of sweeping shot, I don't know if you remember yeah. it, but that for me, I like those because it's visual. Right. You know, you don't need to state it, and I like, I like subtleties like that. And I've been following the show, so I kind of, you get a feeling of how he feels and what he feels towards, um, I'm sorry, Karen, Karen, what he feels towards her. So, yeah, the, the dream sequences kind of... Uh, they're good, yeah. they're good at the, the start of seasons or anything like that, maybe the middle, but, uh, you know, in, in the ending phase, I don't, I don't think it was needed. Did you guys find that the overarching theme for this episode was happiness, basically? Like, I, I just kept feeling like I was writing it down. Like, he just wanted to be happy, and everybody keeps talking about the happiness. And, I don't know, something about happiness and dreams go together. They said happily ever after so many times in this episode. And that's, I think, kind of what I pr- appreciated about him not getting the door opened. Because I feel like 
we look at our happy ever after at different points of our life and it constantly changes. My happily ever after five years ago is not what it is now. So it constantly changes and just because our happily ever after is what we see doesn't mean that that's what Karen sees. And I thought that that was a really interesting way to kind of play on that because they did say happily ever after so many times. Right. But everyone's is so different. That's what I'm saying about this dream world and the happiness. Something about it did work in the episode for me. And I I think that's interesting that you say that because happily ever after for Hank doesn't seem to be changing. You know, Mm -hmm. you're saying it always is for most people. And that's why I think that this love is so strong because his happily ever after has been the same for quite some time now. Since day one, it's been the same happily ever after. But it keeps showing that he's in his own way. He's the door stopping him from his happiness. Oh, yeah. And and the... The second kind of most popular theme was the letting go. And Mm -hmm. that's what he's not willing to do. And that's what he's, whether it's letting go of all the other girls or letting go of her, he's not willing to do each. And it's just, it's interesting because I feel like if you've lived in this town and if you're of a certain age, you know a Hank Moody. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know a Hank Moody. And, and you, you look at them and you, you see the way they live their lives. And it's not as poetic and as dramatic and as beautiful as this show is. Well, so it, it's just... It's, to that point, is, is a happily ever after possible? In terms, yeah. of, in terms of what the show is saying? Uh, it is, if he faces his fears and right. gets out his own way. If he lets go. Which he's, I mean... Okay, but we hear tonight from Ashby, it's not about giving up, it's about letting go. So can somebody tell me what the difference is there? Like, if that's what you're saying, he needs to let go. And everybody keeps saying, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta let go. What does that mean? Let go of what? It's fears. There's so many things he has to let go of, whether it be the other girls or whether it be the fact that you can love someone with all your heart doesn't mean that you're meant to be together. So there comes a point where you have to let go of one or the other. You have to let go of loving that person and understanding that it's okay to move on to someone else, or you have to let go of the lifestyle that's kept you from that person. Well, look at what look at what everything with this whole bar metaphor that we have in this episode. Everything that Ashby really says is he says I can only ask the questions. I'm basically he's basically Hank talking. But everything he says about faith is always just about, yeah, it's the voice of God. Sorry, Craig. (laughs) Um, It's always about how hot faith is and how she's sexy and how he would go a night with her. It's nothing really on a connection basis. It's nothing really romantic or love interest. And if you, like, look at this metaphor of Hank and Ashby in the bar, it's, it's, it's the time. You have... It's like, a, it's like an hourglass going down. We have the bar that they're introduced to. We have the two girls in the bar. And who who's, hasn't been in that situation where you kind of have to make a choice? Like, who are you going to go after in the bar? And as the episode's closing out and things like that. <laughs> no, but as the episode's... Crisley, your face right now. Clearly, Crisley does not agree with that. Okay, but, but look at it. It's I'm like, what? The bar is closing it's at like the end. It's like 2 a.m.'s coming up. You've been <laughs> yeah. seeing this girl, Drake, but now yeah. this girl just walked. Craig knows. Craig it's knows. In there. I mean, two girls in a bar is a little bit different from baby mama and some girl you've been sleeping with on the road for a couple of months. Yes. It's I mean, a little bit but different. It's the, so it's the concept of the, t- of the time, and you don't get a second chance. So, it's, Steven... I, I agree with you to a, to a point, but my, uh, I think the problem is, though, that Hank knows who she, he should go with. Yes. You know, it's he, never been a competition. He's never been in love with any of these other women. No, they're just distractions. It keeps him from having to grow up, from having to be the man that Karen wants him to be. But if he becomes that man, will she still want him? Well, she just wants him to be him. Yeah. It's just making that decision. You mm-hmm. think that that would be a problem if she actually, all the things she's ever asked for, he transformed into that? You don't think she would want him anymore? 
I just wonder. I, I feel like there's such a the, all the things that she's grown to know and love about Hank are are his faults and his dysfunction. So without all that dysfunction, and now without Becca as their kind of Glue. groundingness, wh- where where do they go? Letting go, giving up, falling. I don't know. Like I, all these all these concepts, nothing's tangible. I can't mm-hmm. like you know I can't the, say what the exact plan should be. For me, and uh, I want to table this with you guys. I think the the problem's always been he's very honest to other people, right? He has the moment with Atticus, um, and then. You know, he's he's talking later on, like, everything re- goes back to Karen, right? You know, whether he writes or whatever, it relates back to her. But he's never really said that to her. He never has that emotional connect- connection with Karen, and I think that's the problem. You're saying it to all the wrong people. Well, it's the same with Becca. I mean, what did he tell Karen about Becca? But he didn't tell it to her. Yeah. Well, I part d- of the reason is she's also always there. Even when she went and got with another guy, she was always there. Mm-hmm. So she, he's she's kind of enabling him. But when you say that she doesn't tell her, uh, he doesn't tell her, I, I kind of agree, but I kind of disagree. I think he does it in his own Hank way. Like, tonight when she says to him, I shouldn't even factor into your decision, and he says, but you do, you always do. You know, that that's that. I think he's really honest with her. I remember an episode where they were at the beach and he was saying, you know, she was doing the same thing where it's like, I did something I shouldn't have, and he's like, but you're the only one I want. And I think he constantly tells her but she doesn't believe him, I think, is the problem. I don't mm-hmm. think it's that he's not honest with her. I just think it's that she's had a second... He's She's given him a second, third, fourth, fifth, and 18th shot. And every single time, the same thing happens. What, so I feel like he stopped believing. Well, it's also what I've been told a lot from girlfriends. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> it's, saying it, it's saying it with your actions. He yeah. always says it with words, but his actions are always the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me, show me. Well, yes. they described it well. They had a commercial for it, and it says six seasons of second chances. Yeah. Boom. Like, that's exactly what it is. And like you're saying, if, you, if you're saying it, but you're not showing it... Well, mm-hmm. for, I think ultimately what Karen has always wanted for Hank is for him to write, to not give up on this gift that he's had. You know what I mean? And go back to season one. That's that's what he's he's got this amazing gift, and and you know he takes it really for granted. I mean, how much has he really written in the six seasons that we've known him? Four or three? Three books? A movie? It's three, right? Um, and a rock opera? Yeah. yeah. But I feel like I feel like that's where he gets his writing from. If he goes with her and everything works out, where where is he going to go? Even. In his writing, because he he's saying, age. yeah, he's saying that everything that he writes is either for her or about her. Well, once he has her, then will he still be able to create well, that? Let me direct this question to you because we, we've debated this a lot of times. Like, can you be a writer and still be happy without being depressed and things like that? I think there's a there's a notion that you have to be a depressed writer. Uh, it's something in t- it's something in that. Uh, if you're not living life, it's kind of hard to come up with material. Mm-hmm. You have to be out there. But can you, you have to be upset to be out there. You have to have pain. Yeah. Can't appreciate the sweet without the sour. I mean, I agree, but I think, I think you can still be an overall happy person. Yes, no, I don't think there's a, there's a person in life that's, ult- you know, that's, you know, ultimately uh, depressed and things like that. You can still be a happy writer and, and still feel pain. People, or, people who go and watch these programs or come out and watch movies, they don't want to see you happy. Yeah. They kind of get off on your pains because they go through the same situations and they kind of look to you for uh, a through line to where they should go with their situations. Well, I partially agree with that, but I partially disagree. I think that Marcy phrased it really well tonight. She says, we're going to be fucking happy because it's better than being miserable all the time. 
And like as much as I don't want to see just happy people on screen just being happy all the time, you got to give me that moment. I need to see the happiness if it's in one aspect of your life or another. It's got to be there. But that's what Californication is about, and that's what I have been drawn to with the show is is he's literally taking the darkest side of Hollywood that nobody talks about, that nobody sees. Like, this isn't about just an everyday Joe. This is about a successful person in this industry. And I would say 90% of the people that I've met in this industry, no matter how successful they are, are, no matter how happy they seem, they still have this dark side and these things that happen that wouldn't happen to any of us in the real world. So you're looking at these situations and he's just kind of putting a light on them and a microscope on them and showing us that side of it. That's a really good point. Yeah, because that breakup, I've never seen a breakup like that. Yeah. Where he's just like, yo, I'm going back to my old girl, peace. And she's like, all right. I'm going to make out with you first, <laughs> yeah. but go have your happily ever after. Like, it's, don't cuss yeah. them out or nothing. But thank know. God she did that because how annoying would it have been if she was like trying to convince him, no, I'm the one for you. I'm, I'm glad that they did that, honestly. It would have been out of character for her, too, though, because she was such the free spirit. I'm going to I mean, she made out with how many other people in front of him. They clearly had a very Mm. open non-relationship. So it would have been out of character for her to kind of beg, I think. I really did like the line where she's just like, I mean, the great thing about never being together is you don't have to break up. I think that's a cop out. Yeah, I mean, too. Totally. Well, yeah. But of course, I thought I I really, you know, it was unexpected for me, but I really like how she worded it, you know, like, um. It deserves to be acknowledged the fact that she could love Hank. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was really genuine and a nice way to put it. Yeah, respecting herself enough to say that out loud. I I'm just glad that they wrote it off like that. Yeah, and of course Atticus is horny for her. <laughs> it is. Well, what that's it is. What, that's her job. I mean, her job is to find a new musician and be their muse. So. Okay, can I ask you guys a question? Up. Yes. Can somebody explain to me what the point of the scene with the mystery guy was? And I mean the name of the band, you know, and he comes up to her and he's like, do you want to go back on my bus? He was the guy from Mystery. Introduction is something uh, they're going to bring back next season. Uh, you think? Yeah, I, I, I think so. It could be that, but I also think at that point it was, you know, she was hang, hanging out with Hank. And it was one of those things like, no, you know what, maybe in the past I would have gone on this, you know, and I would have, you know... She, as she says, you know, this guy's su- this guy's band sucks, but she could have been the inspiration. Yeah, but I couldn't believe they didn't bring him back onto the end of the episode, like maybe giving us some hope that she was going somewhere else next, like they run onto him on tour or something. I just thought they were going to tie that in better. It seemed so out of place. I thought it was showing them as a as a couple yeah. more so, and it also showed a difference in Hank because before, if it was Karen. He would have been fighting. Yeah. This time he just kind of blew it off. Titty twister? Yeah. And I think that it was the buildup of us seeing how much she cares about him to then to the breakup. It was kind of the buildup to the breakup scene, I think. Now, let's let's go to the what if moment. Um, what if Hank had proposed on stage? I cried when that happened, by the way. Definitely. He would have faced his fear. Yeah. But would Karen have said, yeah? Like, what was Karen's reaction if that were to happen? Uh, I don't think she could have said yes. Not like that. I mean, the the whole problem is it, everything is so rash all the time, and it's so um, impulsive. It has to actually be something that is thought out for this to work. Okay. And he had his new girlfriend there, too, that... She was like mood. right there. It's like, uh, did she have the ring? Like, like <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys, and I think uh, you know, 
uh, Karen would have actually been quite upset, and I think I think ironically it would have been the end of that relationship, because you know what? Enough, as as you said, it's it's all impulse with Hank, and especially because in the scene where Marcy's getting ready, she questions her on a couple different times. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? So it seems like she's kind of thinking more than she has in the past now that Becca has left. It's like Becca was her blinders. Ooh, I'm going to hit things. And I feel like now that Becca has left, those blinders are kind of off a little bit. I kind of felt bad for uh, Marcy and Runkle here. Like, they it fell by the wayside a little bit. You know, it was so not the focus of the episode tonight. Well, their episode I mean, was we, last week, and we just yeah. need to wrap it up. Well, that's fine. Yeah, but, but it was a wedding. Yeah, we've been waiting and waiting for this, to, for them to get back together. I mean, of course, Hank and Karen are number one, but right after that, come Marcy and Runkle, and we've been waiting for this big moment, and it just kind of came and went. They kind of put, pushed the button on that, too, when it came and went. He's like, all right, now get the F off my stage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that's what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> we felt like a little stew with the headphones. Yeah, We couldn't exactly. really partake in it. I mean, I, th- I thought that was hysterical. It was. I liked it. Uh, I thought I, it was fitting for them and for the things that they've gone through and the, the way that their relationship is now saying they're going to be, so I thought it was kind of fitting. It's kind of just quick. I was surprised at how much time the episode spent having Atticus sing on stage. Like, if you if you were going to lengthen something, lengthen the wedding. I mean, they had they played like seven songs. Yeah. Obviously, there were little bits and pieces, but I was like, well, huh. you, you brought up. You, I, I know you mentioned something while we were watching something about the song that he played right after the wedding. Right. He that was the song that he wrote when the plane was going down, and he finally. So I thought that was cool, and that came full circle for me. It would have been enough for me if he had just played that song. I didn't need all the other songs. Which other songs are you referring to? All the songs during the concert. The, yeah. the, the one before. They had Stitch and Fetch, which was what Becca requested he open up with. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But that, yeah. was the, that was just a run back to that, but they didn't really need any of that. Yeah, there was just a lot of it. I, I, it didn't bother me, but if this episode was longer, that would have been fine, but it's such a short amount of time that I just think it's kind of time wasted. Yeah, I, you know, I don't disagree. Uh, yeah, I would have his, re- his wife come back or something instead of hearing the extra songs. Yeah. yeah where, did, where does it go? I mean, is, is this the it? Is this it for Atticus? Does he get his wife back? I mean, if we're all effed if Hank is the pinnacle man for all relationships. <laughs> I can't tell how he really feels about his wife. I, can, I know he says the whole thing about it's hard, you can't, how do you wake up in the morning and all these things, and he's saying it, but once again, actions speak louder than words, and... Really? I just don't see it the way that I see Hank with Karen. Is well, it is are, is this show confirmed for more than one more season? Yes, it is. Or not from... I mean, I know there is a seven. Yeah. That's what you're asking. Because it, it kind of seems like... Yeah, because it kind of seems like this is this was gearing up for next season being a series finale season. Yeah, if this, if this was a series finale, we'd be a lot more Oh, yeah, but right I'm, right. I'm not saying this season is. I'm saying it's it seems yeah. like it's a lot of setup for a lot of stuff that'll happen next season with this whole musical thing with all this stuff going on. Absolutely, so, but that within itself is kind of a cop-out for us to this is the end until 2014. I mean, the way that I'm talking about it seems like I hated the episode. I definitely did not hate it. It was, I think it was good, and it was good enough. It just wasn't great for me. I see a movie coming. It's always uh, on that. Hmm. I will, I will be down. I would watch that. You know what? Well, well, Veronica Mars proved. I mean, now, yeah. watch out. Kickstarter, baby. Um, it's interesting, because I'm just kind of going through the tweets as we all talk, and it's 50-50. A lot of people wanted Hank to stay with Faith, which I'm really surprised as Californication no. fans. There's a lot of people who were on Team Faith. 
Um, and then it's pretty split 50-50 now that it's kind of rolling in on the finale being great. I bet those were all dudes <laughs> when it teamed. A lot of girls. <laughs> really? Lot wow. of, I mean, from the Twitter pictures, it looks like girls. I could be wrong. I mean, that, who knows what these pictures? <laughs> that, young, hot girl. I mean, that shocks me. Think, that shocks me. And yeah. I, I think that is a major character flaw. If you are somebody who wants Hank to end up with Faith. You are flawed as a person, well, and I'm just throwing that out there. Wait, Faith kind of gets Hank. Flawed. He could be Hank. They're two of a kind. Her. Yeah, birds of a feather flock together. That doesn't mean they're supposed to end up together. That doesn't make it right, but they kind of fit. Well, there's no I ending. Can't sit next to you anymore. There's no <laughs> ending to Faith and Hank. It's because, like, even when she when he's talking to her, he's like, "So where does it lead?" Like, no, this doesn't. It doesn't end. Like when we're doing the band thing, it doesn't end. We can keep doing this forever. It's like Hank doesn't see that as anything. It's like, well, it has to end somewhere, and Where's it going to end? All roads lead back home. Yeah, yeah. but on that road, she is avoiding home. So, What did you guys think of that phone call with Becca? Hmm. Were they just trying to throw her in the episode? I actually thought something really bad was going to happen. I did, like, too. The whole time they were on the phone, I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be a bank ro- There's going to be a robbery. Oh, my God, something's going to come hit her. Like The whole time, I thought <laughs> something really bad was going to happen, and he wasn't going to be able to do anything. Just because faith isn't taken? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> I just It just felt like something more should have happened. But then he, when he, she went to the happy, I just want to see you smile f- to smile. He, I got it. Here's what I got from it, and, you know, uh, disagree or agree with me. Um they finally connected. They're both on this emotional journey. Yeah. She's on a different journey, right? She's not necessarily finding love, but, you know, they connected on that level. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, the anger's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Becca, Becca's finally finding herself as well. So I love their relationship. I think it seems very realistic, and it, it really has had a big arch and has grown so much in the yeah. past six seasons. Um, to the point where he literally, like, talking about letting go, letting her go to... You're up, and ha- this phone call it just explained a lot. I like that they threw it in there. What did you think of Marilyn Manson in the episode? Can I just tell you, okay, I've met him a couple times. He is the sweetest, nicest guy and so quiet and almost like a total introvert. And then as soon as he starts drinking, he becomes like this persona of this different. <laughs> it's hysterical. He's, I loved seeing him on this because I think he's such a nice guy. I, I like seeing Marilyn Manson on this it yeah. shows a whole nother side of him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, snap, he's not just a devil worshiper. So, no. Oh, that's cool. And he's so <laughs> soft-spoken and so just very polite. Like, he'll shake your hand and just, he introduced himself to me by his first name, not Marilyn Manson. So it was just, he's so different than what you would expect. So I kind of like seeing that. I love his personality. He's <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. Again, I love when things go for full circle. So I thought that if they we never saw him again, it would have been like, why did they throw him in there just because they wanted a celebrity on the show? Like, So I think it's good that they brought him back on for the Finale for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, What's up with Becca having his number though? Is he hitting that? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she did take that picture, so. That's right. He didn't say, here's Marilyn's number. She had it already in the phone. (laughs) Mm, I don't know. We couldn't waste any more time. We couldn't be bothered with the whole number exchange. (laughs) Yeah, it was off off screen. Yeah, maybe I was like, I'll I'll text you his number. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Is there anything else that, like, what, uh, in terms of that? You guys absolutely love that we haven't touched on yet. Even I thought that the I don't know why I didn't say this when we we're talking about Faith, but I just thought that was such an epic goodbye kiss. Like you know those makeout kisses you see on screen. And you're like I want to be part of that. 
Like it was, <laughs> it was. That doesn't happen, you guys. No. I feel like it was so good. Like I could just see the chemistry, and I was like, oh, that's such a good kiss. See, and I feel the complete opposite. I feel like no. she did the same thing to Atticus right before I went on stage. There's nothing about Faith that I see other than some of the moments when she was at home with her family. Those kisses are the same with every single guy. No, I thought this was such a different kiss. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see it. Apparently, it's a girl conversation. <laughs> Didn't see it. They're like a kiss is a kiss is a kiss. Uh huh. Yeah. Guys. All right. Anything else that you guys absolutely want to discuss? I'm so happy the Runkles are back together. I know. So it. happy. Now they can be happy. Um, so why don't we start with this, uh, Craig? What What do you like about Californication? What drew you to that? Why don't we? You it, know, it's so, so much like my real life, to a point, minus the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's. It's it's a long, it's painful when people don't get to see the the pain on the other side of the entertainment business, and uh, I like I like that it goes there, it goes there a lot. Now, uh, so your show, Second Generation Wayne's, you you guys are kind of in some sense parroting you guys. Yes. So how you know how is it like uh, you know I mean it's kind of interesting watching Californication then when you compare it to your show because you, you guys in some sense are doing the same thing. Uh, similar, yeah, but, uh... In a different way, obviously. I mean, the show's... Well, uh, yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it, it, it makes it easier. Uh, we get to edit some of the things that we don't really want out, mm-hmm. out there. Because they came to us first with reality show, and we're like, uh, we don't want that yeah, yeah so we get to tell the stories we want to tell and uh we tell a lot we tell a lot about our, our lives on the show how come you don't want a reality show uh nothing wrong with them i just uh i, I worked hard to to learn to write and took acting classes for a while so i wanted to i mean you, you know we had we had dante uh dante wayans here and he you know uh and a reality show would be disastrous i don't yeah. think people want to see all that oh man especially me and damien oh man especially it's, damien i'll throw it all on him and it's nice to be able to keep some things to yourself like in this industry there's a lot of people that don't get to keep things to themselves so it's nice to kind of be able to have that i bet too and plus our family might disown us yeah, yeah. they worked hard to build a brand they don't yeah. want us to be like eh, what did y'all yeah. do and you know, I mean, we do a lot of reality TV here at AfterBuzz, but I really do like like a show like Californication. You know, the fact that they can take a, a small moment and parody it to its ultimate, you know, extreme. Like the, the fact that in, in this season we've had a guy eating a chocolate bar out of a female, and you that know, was probably the toned down version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so I like when they when we can be hypercritical of, of moments you know in life and, and examine it to its fullest rather than just reality where like it's nice and there's you know yes there's a lot of drama on a lot of these but I, I like I like the examination of life rather than just seeing it. Yeah. Uh, and if this was real life, then Karen and Hank would never end up together. So no. I need it to be. That's yeah, right. I'm sure he would have left. After, she would have left after the second time she walked in on him or third time. I mean, hopefully, I know people like this and and it is their lives and it's what they go back and forth and do for years and years and years because it's what they know. It's the comfort of it. It's the dysfunction of it that constantly brings them back. So I love like that's what that's what I love about the show, that it brings this dark side, just like you said, that people would never normally see. But yet they bring it in a way that if if we knew Hank Moody in real life or we knew a faith in real life, we'd be like, what are you doing? Like, wake up. But yet we 
every week tune into the show because it's like, yeah, you root for them. And in real life, you would never root for these kind of people. Yeah, I never thought she was going to believe his story. Well, he told the truth about the girl coming over and drugging him. Yeah. Normally, a girl would be like, oh, no, you didn't be wrong way too many times. She's probably right in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, So going back to, uh, you know, what what in particular do you like the most? I mean, you you have such a breadth of, you know, what you do, producing, writing, directing, acting. Like, what what draws you the most and... You know what, what? I like having fun with my family. That's mm-hmm. the number one thing, and I have a blast doing everything I do. So I'm never like, oh man, gotta gotta work. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang out with Damien. We gonna have fun. What today. was it, you know growing up? I mean, that must have you know forget college, forget you know schooling. Like that must have been the best schooling. Growing up as part of that family. Yeah. Every day after after school, uh, I go up to Living Color, and everybody else would go play and stuff, and I'd go sit in the meetings with Keenan. He'd let me sit in the meetings when he was talking to the Fox execs, and he'd let me say whatever I wanted to say if I was like, or when he uh, had pitch sessions when the writers would come in and say, we have these characters. He'd be like, what do you think? And I'd be like, oh, that sucked. And he'd be like, <laughs> go back. And I know they hated it, but it was... Did you know the importance of that show at the time? Uh, or did you, you know, were you... I kind of learned the importance of it when kids start going through my files trying to find out where I lived. Because mm-hmm. before that, I was in the projects in New York. I didn't have any clue. Mm-hmm. And it, even when it was on TV, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I still kind of live in a bubble and don't really have a clue. <laughs> I hang out with the same people every day. And, yeah, I don't really... I, I get Every now and again, I go to the supermarket or something and they say something. But besides that, I really don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. I live my regular life. I'm not in the clubs popping bottles. <laughs> You're not like Hank? Well, yeah. Hank doesn't do that either. Um, and plus, I was behind the scenes for so many years that nobody knew who I was anyway. Mm-hmm. That made it easier. You like Kinda that? Gotta, you like not? You, yeah. you, you don't want to be recognizable. No. I like being able to go to my, my son's basketball games and just watch him without taking any spotlight off of what he's doing. That was the most endearing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, so sweet. Go, go on. Out of all the things that you do, the writing and all that, what's your favorite? What's, what's kind of the passion project things? Uh, I'm starting to like performing. I used to like writing, and I like uh, writing, because when we write, we usually, it was, it was a weird experience, but on Scary Movie, we wrote the movie. Scary Movie 2, we wrote the movie while we were filming it. So all the writers were in the trailer, while they were performing. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty, That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it was. The first one That's did intense. good, and they were like, all right, we're going to do the next one. And I think we did it in like five months or something. So wow. pre-production, and then we were in the trailer getting it in. But it, it's fun to write it and then actually hear it perform, mm-hmm. and the people put their spin on. When you write it, you think of it one way, and then when they do it, it's like, wow, that was, that was amazing. So did you guys, guys kind of grow chronologically with that movie, you know, since you guys were writing it as it uh, shot? We had, we had pretty much a rough outline of the first, uh, the first draft, and then movies were still coming out. So as the movies were coming out, the studio was sending them the set for us to watch, and they were like, see if you could parody this. Mm-hmm. And it, it, was, it was a weird one, but it, it was... We we didn't do it chronologically. We we whatever was there, we hit, and we had our main set pieces that we knew was going to carry the story. 
Mm-hmm. That's so intense. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of that where you're still writing as you're shooting, especially a movie. Yes. And I think what most people don't know is that uh, there's scripts that are around for years before they get made, and they're rewritten hundreds of times before they even get to pre-production. So that's a huge, huge deal. Well, it, it 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 surprised all of us. Scary Movie came out, and it made 57 opening weekend, and it made. I think 170 million. Because it was hysterical. So they were just like, we want another one. Yeah. And we're going to release it on this date. So it was like, all right, guys, time to get to work. Get are there, there are there any movies that um, that were supposed to be parried that ultimately didn't make the cut, or you know, you guys just couldn't write in? Uh, there were a lot of movies that they just wanted to throw in. But when writing with Keenan, he's like, if it's not going to make sense in the story, no. Mm-hmm. And then you watch some of the later scary movies, and they'll have like. X-Men and the Incredible and you'll be like where'd that come from but yeah I mean what, what I love I love about the earlier ones yeah it's it's as absurd as it is it's grounded in this sort of weird reality like you guys set the tone and then okay that's it yeah so I was asking you about this earlier but it's weird to me because as an actress, sometimes when I'm watching something, I get really frustrated because I'm like, oh, I could do such a better job with that. Or that's annoying. Why do they do that? So I was asking as a writer and now as an actor and everything, do, are you ever watching things and you want to enjoy them, but you, you're you weirded out by one thing? You think that something should have gone a different way? I just don't even watch it. I don't even watch, uh, I, I rarely watch dailies. Even as an executive producer, it's I kind of, I can't change it, so I don't really like watching it. I could edit, but I can't change what happens, so I just wipe my hands with it as soon as it's done. I gotta learn that. I don't even go back behind the cam- uh, back behind the, uh, the screen to see what we just shot. I'm just like, all right, I'm on set. Let me hear your notes, and let's go. Damn. Um, and you know, uh, talk about your web series. You got, you know, I know it's it's on YouTube right now. We have a new web series. That's a friend. Uh, me, myself, and Damian Dante uh, created it. It's pretty much testing to see how much of a friend your friend is. And it's a hidden camera show. Yeah, I, I mean, when I first heard, sign about the- me up. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> now, are you, are you guys releasing episodes? Are, are like, is it is it all shot? Is everything uh, available? Like, we shot. With, I think uh, we shot ten episodes. Mm-hmm. So we have a full hour long season. No, no. But is it like is it like a Netflix oh, okay. where every you know with House of Cards where everything's available online already? Or you no, guys they, release? They release it like once a month, I believe, or once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very cool. I'm excited to I'm sign Chrisley up. I'm like, that's a great concept right. because it's like, especially if you shoot around here all the time, it's like in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have some pretty uh, some pretty good scenarios. I bet. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Well, why don't we get into predictions for season seven of Californication? You heard mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things we kind of, we kind of o- o- overall went over it, but anything else that you guys would like to add? I mean... I just want to say that I love that they shot at the Greek. Um, for those of you who don't live in L.A., the Greek is one of the most amazing places to go see a concert, and it was kind of just fun to see that showcased a little bit, too, tonight. I like seeing places that I know and I'm familiar with. It's one of the things I like since I moved out here, is seeing different things. Oh, I walked by there. Oh, they're in Venice Beach. I, I love that stuff. And it's encouraging that, you know, Californication, since it's been around for so yeah. long, I think places in, in L.A., they understand, okay, you know, this will be good for us. Let Californication in yeah. and open up the doors and all that. So I like that. I see a movie. I see a movie coming. I got, the, got my ticket ready. So. You know, I have to ask, just because I, I have never looked, what are their ratings like? What are their numbers? It's showtime, so it's in the millions. 
you know, maybe right around that there. I just feel like it's it's such an amazing show and it's done so well and yet I never hear about it. But here's yeah, like, I think th- that's weird. I never there's hear There's never anything like there's not I never hear about it. Like a couple of the other shows we cover here, like I cover Sons of Anarchy or Rosalind Isles. Game there's of Thrones. always press and things around those shows and with this show it's just so kinda understated. And it's I just, think I mean it has a huge critical acclaim. Yeah. That's that's its strength. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's there's shows that get way more millions, but you know they don't and, have the critical. And Sons appeal. of Anarchy was under the radar for a long time. Long time. A long time. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of this show. Reminds me of Entourage in the way that it's like you, like you're talking about all those LA staples that you see and just the dynamic in the groups and things like that. And I feel like Entourage, you heard about it. Everybody did that. That was their Sunday thing. But I agree. This it's weird. No. Like I just don't hear about it as much and it's so freaking awesome yeah ironically i mean i think i think to some extent you have to be in la to fully appreciate you know the minutia of it all it's a bit of an older show now there's not a lot of young people on it well and i also think that it's there's there's kind of and i'm almost afraid to say this but there's there's kind of two kinds of viewers that watch californication and there's the kind of viewer that tends to be a little bit younger that watches it for the drugs the sex the fun the party and then that's i think right, there's actually. an 100%. old no and i think there's a different kind of viewer that's a little bit older that's probably lived through something like this that watches it because it brings a poetic side to something that's really dark and disturbing in somebody's life so i think that they kind of hit they're able to hit both, but it's interesting to see both sides. Steven, what do you predict in the booth? Um, I told my predictions earlier. I think we're going to see, like, uh, we're going to see this whole storyline with Atticus a little bit. Not so much Atticus himself, but what the ramifications of what come of the musical itself. Like, the musical's already out and aired and everything, like we've seen in season two and three, like with the books and everything. Okay. Um, we're going to see something like that. We're going to see a lot of old characters. I don't think we'll see Ashby again, really, but I think we'll probably see Bates. We might see the guy from Mystery, and we'll probably see a lot of Becca and probably not her boyfriend anymore either. <laughs> no, that's sad. All right, well, thank you guys. Thank you, fans, for a wonderful, wonderful season. Uh, it has been, uh, it's been a journey. I'm glad you guys were all a part of it. Um, in the meantime, uh, where can they uh, kind of interact with you guys off the show? Why don't we start with you, Craig? What's oh, your Twitter, man. Instagram, anything like that? Website? At, at Craig Wayne's on Twitter, uh, at Craig Wayne's on Instagram, and at Craig Wayne's on Vine. And don't forget, that's a friend. That's a friend. That's a friend on YouTube. Check it out. Yes, sir. You might even see Chrisley. <gasps> Eventually. So you guys can find me on Twitter, at Chrisley, and on Instagram, at Chrisley. And Roxy. On Twitter, at Roxy Stryer, and on Instagram, at Roxy World with two Ds. Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux or check out photography on Facebook at slash uh, SR Lemieux photo. And of course, here at AfterBuzz TV, that goes for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any social media, really. Um, again, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for joining us this season. It, it's It's been a lot of fun. It really, really has. I'm going to miss this. And, uh, you know, I know we have some mixed feelings about tonight's episode, but hopefully you don't have mixed feelings about us. And we'll always love Hank Moody. We will. So until next season, that's it for season six. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.